Welcome to Golf Betting System Podcast number 52. We are covering the 2018 DP World Tour Championship on the European Tour and the RSM Classic on the PGA Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System and with me for the last time in 2018, we have European Tour expert Paul Williams and podcast pundit Barry O'Hanrahan. Good evening, chaps. Evening, guys. Good evening, guys. It's been a bit of a slog, hasn't it, the last uh, last nine months right. or so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've made it to the end. There's light at the end of the tunnel, chaps. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk, hand, Twitter handles. I'm at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. We're available on our multiple, multiple channels. Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher. You name it, we're on it. We've also got the Golf Betting System YouTube channel. I know you find us via various different channels. Naturally, subscribe and follow the podcast. Now, if you could take some time to rate and review us, that would be fantastic on iTunes. Now, I've got a couple of uh, couple of reviews from last week, chaps. So I'll read them out as I do. Uh, first one, and this is from Mick Oshanka, and he's in Ireland. This was via Apple. Uh Five stars, enjoyable listen. Look forward to the podcast every week. Great knowledge on the tours. Is this your dad, Barry? <laughs> Great knowledge on the tours and in-depth study into picks each week to avoid. I added that, by the way. And not just for the obvious favourites. So thank you for that, Mick. And also another review here. Again, five stars. A great listen for any golf better. Love hearing people talk golf and especially betting more than that, these guys do a lot of my work for me and provide some stats that I don't have. I disagree with the weight the guys seem to give the two previous winners' odds and incoming form for the most part. But hey, if I did agree with everything, dot, 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 dot. That's from Sebastian Sidnall in the UK, again via Apple Podcasts. As I always say, if you leave us... Um, a good rating and of course give us some commentary I will read them out at the start of each and every golf betting system podcast Um, we're off then chaps aren't we this is our last show of 2018 out with a bang hopefully we've got uh, yeah do we want to talk about last week I was throwing the phone at the wall at something at last yesterday evening but um when Aaron Wise started doubling everything. Yeah, well, Scott Pearson um, came through and... Uh, I can't, I can't complain. At the end, didn't he? I can't, yeah, I can't complain too much with, I think, Pearcey shot and was it 62 or something Sam, crazy? Under, yeah. he's, he's a funny he's a funny bugger, Pearcey. That's two tournaments on the trot now. Just shoots a crazy low number in the mm. final round. That's the McElroy special, isn't it? The backdoor top five. Be even nice if you or did what? it while you're, when you were on him and he was already uh, close to the lead. Be, that would help. <laughs> that'd be the trick, wouldn't it? Well, that was it. Um, Friday, four under, he went through the back nine first. Yeah, four under, you think, this is fantastic. Now he's got like, that stretch, two through eight. He is going to fill his boots here. Shoots one mm. over, over those yeah, birdie make a score festival around, holes. And, you, and you're just sh- you're shaking your head going, my God, you were four under and you played the hardest holes. <laughs> And then you shoot one over on the stretch where you need to be shooting three and four under. And yeah, Frustrating, sure enough, Steve. Too far, too far off the lead, lead isn't it? Um, T 
two cracking tournaments this week. Well, not two in tour. That's that's absolute rubbish. Actually, there's one cracking tournament, and there's one end of se- so end of season tournament. piss up on the PGA Tour, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, on in Georgia. Yes, that's that'll be the one. Um, of course, let's crack on with the DP World Tour Championship, Paul. You uh, you crack on because it's clearly the big the big big tournament this week, and it's a cracking field. Yeah, it is. So, as you'd expect, I guess, um, as it's the the pinnacle of the. Uh, the European Tour season, so you know you've been going for eleven months now, haven't we? Back to the back end of November, in fact, very nearly a year. In fact, they just virtually wrap it round the full twelve months, don't they? In the European Tour, there's not much of a, a breather, full stop. But we finally made it to the to the Earth Course in Dubai, and you've got the top sixty available here in the rankings who are going to tee on Thursday. Um, I say the top 60 available because some players, even though they're qualified, have chosen not to play for varying reasons. Uh, the most notable of which is Justin Rose. Um, we've got any re- any reason why? I've, I've, I've asked a question on Twitter and uh, I've got a few very uh, useful responses back, um, but I, c- I couldn't see anything definitive. Um, the, one of the guys said that. Uh, He'd, uh, he'd said in Turkey that that was going to be the end of his European Tour season, come what may. Whether he won in Turkey or not, he wasn't going to play Nedbank, he wasn't going to play Dubai, regardless of where that left him. Um, on the Is it front. not because when you book, book a club filling with Hanma, they just don't let you change the appointment? <laughs> Strange, isn't it? I mean, there's been a bit... He's played a lot of golf in his defence. He, he has played a lot, lot of golf, golf yeah. yeah. I, I thought... At the highest level. In my, well. in my mind, the reason he'd missed Nedbank last week was so that he'd be fresh for for Dubai. Um, to miss miss both of them sends sends a message, in my view. I think the European Tour could do something about it. They've got to do something to make this last three events, these last three events, make them attractive enough so that players that are in position want to come over and play. Uh, you know, clearly Rose isn't here. Uh, Julian Suri's not here. Casey and Kuchar, you know, you can understand Kuchar. Um, I'm, He's in yeah, Australia. I'm assuming, I'm assuming Suri's got an injury because he pulled out back end of last week, didn't he? He was supposed to be playing in Nedbank and he didn't uh, didn't play in the end. Um, but it's not just that. It's the two events before where we've had a lot of players in the top 10, top 15 of the rankings at that point in time just haven't bothered. So... Clearly, there's something not quite right, um, and I think they need to sit down and uh, reassess where they're going with this final Rolex series. You know what used to be the final series, and now it's just the Rolex series, and um, how it kind of manifests itself into this final event. But yeah, I'll stop moaning about it because we are where, we are where we are, and there are um, you know we have got the most of the top sixty here, and it is a very strong field, as you say. You have got McElroy heading the field at ten to one, Sergio elevens. Uh, Fleetwood and Rahm at 14, Xander, Till Hatton at 16, 21, to bar, 21 bar after that. So you've got a lot of players who are uh, you know, decent quality players, household names who are at the top of the betting and uh, it should be a decent enough event. Um, from a race to Dubai perspective, it's probably going to be a bit of a damp squib because uh, uh, Molinari is well over a million points ahead. Um, only Fleetwood can catch him. Um, and that will take some monumental shift for both of those guys to, you know, for it to, for it to actually end up being uh, Fleetwood's title. So um, that's likely to be secondary, I guess, unless uh, unless Bolinari has an absolute stinker in the first day and it opens up uh, some permutations. But uh, 
Um, I suspect the whole emphasis will really just be on the actual event itself, which um, which is no no bad thing. It's a cracking event. It's a cracking course. You know, we've seen it for the last few years. Um, one I really enjoy actually. I, going back a few years, I've had uh, a few results here over the years, which is nice. Kind of gives you a bit of confidence going into these events that you've. Uh, You've got the right uh, right angle of attack for this kind of uh, event. What's what's the what's the key that we're looking for, then, Paul? What what what, what is what what are the key skill stats that the you know winners here share? Well, it's a long course. I mean, we've, we've all seen it on TV. Um, Seven thousand six hundred seventy-five yards. So you need a bit of power. Mm. Um, it's pretty wide. And it's a desert course. It tends to be played firm and fast. They have overseed the rough with rye, so it tends to be. A little bit tougher off the tee now if you miss fairways, but it's still it's still relatively wide. It still reaps a decent score, and Stenson got to 25 under, so you need to make birdies. Um, big old Bermuda greens, so you need to be able to putt on Bermuda greens as well. Um, I think for me, you know, if you look at the how the likes of Stenson, um, McElroy have got uh, got the job job done here in the past, it's tended to be with a very strong tee to green game. Um, they're generally longer players. We know with uh, Stenson that he tends to forego a bit of his length just uh, with his three woods so that he can uh, hit more fairways, which is fine. If you're hitting fairways here, you're hitting greens, you can putt you know, 1.65, 1.7, and you can win with the requisite amount of birdies here. Minimise bogeys, maximise birdies. Um, it's, it's relatively straightforward um, combination, I think. If you look at the players who've won here, uh, they've tended to come in decent form. Um, each one of them, going back to 2009, had a top 10 in their previous six starts. But then again, you kind of expect that from a field that's been whittled down to the uh, to the final uh, final 60 players or the top 60 players available. Um, form coming in, in terms of course form, I mean, Westwood and Colson were both playing it for the first time, but the event had only just started there. John Rahm last year was playing for the first time, but all the other guys who won here had at least a top 10 in, in Dubai uh, to their name at some point in the past. And if you look at corresponding course form, you know there's a lot of these players have got form in the in the Gulf, a lot of players who've played in the, in the Middle East swing and done well, so form in Qatar, form in Dubai, uh, form in Abu Dhabi, all of that's good. It's all good pointers to, uh, to who may well go go well um, on this particular track I don't think you need to over over analyze this one I think if you can find a player who's playing well hitting greens um, has got some decent form in in the Gulf or in the Middle East in the past then um, you know you can kind of whittle down to a to a, a shortlist fairly readily um, any other thoughts on the track before I tell you what my angle of attack is guys Dead air. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've published my preview earlier uh, today. Uh, let's get it out nice and early. Uh, I guess the, a lot of the prices will start to drift. Um, and looking at the top of the market, you've got McElroy and we've got Sergio there, and they're both, you know, they're going to be virtually joint favourites. I wouldn't be surprised if Sergio, um, he has been backed in um, already today, he's going to be close to being favourite. Um, for me, I mean, looking at uh, McElroy, watching him recently, his driver still doesn't seem to be um, firing on all cylinders to me. 
And I think he's going to need to drive it well this week to really get himself into contention. Um, and if his key asset, his key skill isn't firing, then I, I struggle. You know, even though he's won this twice, you know, and clearly loves the track, I really struggle to, to, to really get excited about him. Sergio, I should have won again last week, shouldn't he? You know, he had a, a great chance. Mm. Um, Will that knock any stuffing out of him? I don't know. You know, he's clearly come out, he's come back from the the Ryder Cup in a far more positive frame of mind, far more uh, confident. Um, but these results, these these knocks that the professional players have can impact their uh, their confidence, can't they? So, difficult one there. I, from Molinari, for me, I think he'll just coast through and win the race to Dubai. I can't, you know, his, his form and his... I think he's kind of mental focus since the uh, Ryder Cup, or in fact since the Open Championship, has been uh, uh, you know it's, it's been challenging, and the, the Ryder Cup really clearly just uh, kind of finished that off for him. I think uh, Tommy Fleetwood, uh, he's going to have to go and win this tournament, and I hope that Molinari has a, an absolute stinker. So you know, where's his focus going to be? We saw last year with uh, Fleetwood when he was kind of defending that. Um, the position he was in with the uh, with the race to Dubai, um, and he, you know, he, what did he, I forget where he finished? It was kind of mid twenties, I think. It, you know, kind of scraped yeah, over the line in the end, didn't he? He was never really involved. No, it? not with the actual event itself. And it was only you know, no, I, I, I was on Rose last year, and uh, you know, Rose should have won that tournament. Um, but then as he started to uh, to, to fall away, it kind of fell back into uh, Fleetwood's hands, but. Um, yeah, from, I, I can't, you know, I think there's a lot of things for these guys to be thinking about. And the guy that I've backed, and I've backed two from close to the top of the market, the first guy I've backed is John Rahm, who is defending this week. Um, he won last year on, on debut and um, clearly took to the course uh, very nicely indeed. Um, and I think the pressure's completely off of him. I think he'll, he'll turn turn up here. He's got, you know, there's, there's, no, uh, there's no external pressure on him whatsoever and um, you know the, the most pressurized element of him coming this week is going to be the fact that he's defending but um you know a lot of the focus is going to be elsewhere in my view you know they'll, they'll be talking to Molinari, um, they'll be talking to Fleetwood they'll be you know that that'll be where the focus pre-event media focus will be I think and I, I think John Ryan will kind of get away with that scot-free this time around and um, not not that I don't think he can handle it because I'm sure he can um I think he's just you know he's still a relatively young guy getting used to you know the the intricacies of uh, defending tournaments and contending for tournaments, you know, year after year. And uh, I think I, I couldn't see any reason why he wouldn't go well. To be honest, you know, he's, he's got to be uh, continue to be positive from the uh, the back end of that uh, the Ryder Cup, where he obviously beat uh, Woods in that. Uh, in the singles event and in the singles on the Sunday, um, you know his uh, his positive approach off the back of that, you know his, the positivity in terms of his in terms of his own mind has got to be strong. Um, I backed him at the HSBC and he, he didn't really do much that week, did he? He started off slowly and eventually came back on the on the weekend to finish in the twenty second something like that. So it was okay, but it wasn't anything special. But I think he'll, he'll come back now after another couple of weeks off, and um, I think there's a good there's a good case for him to come back and and defend his title. I mean, you look at the two that he's defended so far, 
Um, he was 29th at the Farmers Insurance Open earlier this year, but he was second going into the weekend. Um, he had won the week before at the uh, career builder, so you know I think you can forgive him the fact that he finished 29th there. He was fourth when defending the Irish Open earlier this year. Um, and again, he started slowly that week and, and came through. So, you know, I think he's getting more used to and more capable uh, in that kind of situation. And I think it's only a matter of time, really. He's going to have a lot of titles to defend over his career. And I think he'll, uh, he'll get his head around it really quite quickly. And in terms of his game... If you look at, if you look at, that, you look at that HSBC Champions event, mm. as you were saying, over the weekend, Chauflay 137, yeah? Shots total, won the tournament. Yep. Then we had Putnam and old Tior Bjorn at 139 with Hao Tong Lee. Well, we know what Olsen and Lee have gone on mm. to do, yeah? They've been very competitive. And then Brooks Kepka and John Rahm, 140 strokes. And I don't, I don't think, I don't know if Barry agrees, I don't think that the conditions were set up that's not Ram's game, is it? When that was quite a technical yeah, scoring exactly. event, and as and as I've noted in the past, when I've tipped him up at stupid things like the U.S. Open, he, he that that's not his game at all. But if you're if you're looking at a mid-teen to upper teens kind of winning target, that's more John. Rahm, I think he likes it? it when when there's a score to be made. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know the, what did he win at the Irish Open? It was twenty four, twenty five under. It was something really deep, wasn't it? Mm. Um, this is much more his game. I mean, what, what stood out to me with Ram was when he finished, I think it was seventh at the uh, the Tour Championship at East Lake, something like that. Um, and he was he was right in the mix going into the Sunday at least. And um, again, that's really not not his game for me. His his game is far more geared to these um, lower scoring, you know, easier if you can call them easier tests that, that appeal to him. He's he's won the Bob Hope Classic as mm. well, so yeah, that I mean that says everything. Yeah, doesn't absolutely. It? So so yeah, I, I like Ryan at the yeah. top of the market, and the other one I had to back and. I, I was hoping for a longer price, but again, when Rose pulled out, it's always going to impact uh, prices at the top end of the market. Um, it's Hao Tong Lee, who's been playing some outstanding golf, absolutely outstanding golf for the last uh, last few months, really. Um, so he's fifth at the Dunhill Links, ninth at Walton Heath, uh, 11th at Shoshan, second in Turkey. Only should have won in Turkey, shouldn't he? That playoff, eventual playoff against Justin Rose, and Rose did everything to kind of throw it away, but... Uh, but Lee just couldn't quite uh, couldn't quite do the do the business. Uh, fifth at the Ned Bank last week, and he was in he was in a nice kind of quiet spot going into Sunday, which is exactly where I wanted him because I think if he'd have finished mid division, we might have got thirty three something like about that about him this week. But uh, but no, he went out and shot sixty five in the final round and shot up to the fifth fifth place. And um, so clearly he showed some nice form, but uh, equally it's it's battened his price down. But I, I think he's that close to win. I do think he's that close to win that he's, he's got to be backed. Um, he's long enough. He has lots of greens. He's putting well. The game's completely there. And thirtieth and thirteenth here from his two attempts, and uh, and crucially won the Dubai Desert Classic earlier this year as well, which again is yeah. another one that's uh, pops up a lot on the previous winners lists. Uh, you know of their previous wins or contending events over the years uh, that result jumps out yeah isn't it? exactly it's uh, you know a lot of people picked up on that for Augusta didn't they to you know potentially have him down as a long shot to to do well at Augusta and whilst that didn't quite pan out I think you've got to consider that form we've got to consider any form really in the Middle East for 
uh, when it comes to this event. But uh, but that in particular, a winner uh, win at the Emirates is uh, is a big pointer of uh, potential success here at the Earth Course. So those two. From- it's funny. It's funny how some of these internationals are starting to jump out now. And now that it's Presidents mm. Cup qualifying, yeah. Leishman's won. How Tong Lee's on fire. Danny Lee last week. Yeah, he came close, Danny Lee, didn't he? Yeah. In fact, uh, Emiliano Grillo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he's just generally playing very, very well, Lee, and um, yeah, hopefully he's got one more week left in him. And I, I can see, you know, those two. I can see Rahm and Lee really pushing it towards the end. Um, I couldn't quite decide which way to play it, so I've gone both each way with both of them in the end. Um, but uh, I can easily see both of those guys coming uh, and, and placing in the top. Uh, you know, top five, top six playing, playing positions for, for this week. So fingers crossed with those guys. And those are the two at the top. The A bit further down the list, um, I've gone Jordan Smith, 101. Um, he's another one of these players who can put the ball out there. He's a 300-yard driver easily. And the difference with Jordan to a lot of these longer drivers is he's pretty accurate as well. And he's been top 10 for accuracy over his last three starts. Um, I guess if they did a total driving stat for the European Tour, he he would be right up there because that's generally his game. He's long and he's straight. Um, but then if you look at his putting performances over his last five starts, he's been top eight for putting in three of those five starts. And that's not him. That's not Jordan Smith. His game is purely about his long game. So when he's putting well, you need to sit up and take note of it, I think. Um, digging back through his history... He won twice in the Middle East. When one of them was Egypt, one of them was in Dubai on the Challenge Tour um, early in his career. 18 under, 20 under those two results. So clearly um, has got on with this part of the world before. Um, And he finished 25th here last year, open with a 75. But if you remember back, he was struggling with glandular fever at the time. And he'd pulled out of the Nedbank the week before. He really was poorly. Decided to have a go at this, um, started with 75 and, and persisted with it and, and finished 25th in the end. So I think he did particularly well, seeing he was, he, he was uh, you know, he was struggling with his health at the time. Um, and he comes this year in far better form, you know, in far better health as well. Um, and, uh, you know, another year's worth of history under his under his belt. I think, he'll, I think he'll go well this week, Jordan Smith. And clearly playing well, striking the ball well and putting well as well. So that's a nice little potent combination for this week, I think. Um, and the final one I've backed today is Dean Bermester, the South African, um, who was fourth last year. And I was surprised to get 125 to 1 with Dean. I think he'll be backed in quite heavily from that because to have finished fourth last last year, he was 11th last week at the, Nord, um, at the Ned Bank, which for him was a big personal best. He'd played the Ned Bank, or he'd played at Sun City rather, four times in the past. Um, he finished no better than 44th or 42nd, something like that. Uh, so 11th last week is a big positive for him. Um, and he's quite capable. I know this is a step up. I know if he was to win this, it would be a big, big step up in terms of his career. His biggest win so far is the Schwani Open. Um, he won six other Sunshine Tour events over the course of his career so far. Um, but, you know, I think he's one of those players. He's got the game. He's long. He can putt well. Um, when he's finding greens, as he is at the moment, I think he's dangerous. In fact, he should have won this. could have quite easily have won this last year. Um, he was right in position and then went one over for the final four holes. Um, and he was right up, you know, a, a couple of birdies there instead of a bogey, he wins the tournament. He's, he's that tight, so... 
Um, I think it'll go well. Seventh in Abu Dhabi last year, 22nd in Dubai this year, four rounds in the 60s. And showing a nice little bit of form recently, 65 in Turkey, which stood out. And then, um, as I said, 11th last week at Sun City, which um, which also bodes well. Hitting lots of greens at the moment, Dean. So, uh, so yeah, 125 and 100 for Jordan Smith, and then a couple of guys at the top end of the market as well. So um, a bit of balance to my staking plan this week and uh, see how that takes us for the final final week of the year. You guys fancy anyone seen what, so far? What, what do you think, Barry? Yeah, the Burmester shade's good. He could do with a little practicing uh, on the putting green, though. Um, he can he putt well. He, he's, yeah, he's a funny he wasn't one. great last week. No, 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 no. Uh, again, to finish 11th and not be putting. Yeah. If you look at his um, putting performance here last year, he was top 10. I think he was 9th for putting. So um, switching over to these Bermuda greens may be, uh, may be a positive for him as well. Could be, and those are tricky enough greens at the Gary Player course. Mm. Like you know, if you're so, uh, you you can definitely forgive him that when he's hitting the ball three forty five off the tee, and uh, he was top ten for greens and regulation. So yeah, it's a really good price. Um, I'm I'm gonna stick with uh, a couple of my long shots from last week. Um, neither of them totally disappointed. They both had a decent chance of getting places and ultimately just fell short but uh mike lorenzo vera yeah had a good week you know he was uh 25th in accuracy off the tee 20th in driving distance 14th in greens uh ran the top 30 in puts so you know that's a uh, very solid all the way around mm. and where is he he's got a decent enough result here before he's 13th here last year so you know that's uh I was able to pick him up at 150 to one. Yeah, which means he was—he's actually longer this week than he was last week. So uh, yeah, thanks very much. I'll have a go at that. He's always underrated, uh, isn't he, Vera? He's—he's uh, he's always one of the ones that's is uh, much further down the list. But uh, I thought he was going to place for you at one point, Barry. I thought he was—he he was in in position, wasn't he, going into Sunday? He was indeed. Yeah, just uh, didn't happen, you know. Um, as uh, as seems quite common these days for my bets. But um, <laughs> you know, we, we continue on. Um, the other one, I'm going to stick with Darren Feikart. He or Fickart? I'm not ex- excuse the pronunciation. Um, absolutely on fire with the putter, and I think he was paddy last in the field for greens and regulation. Uh, despite being sixth oh, in accuracy right. off yeah, the tee. Yeah. Did I say 50% of greens? Is that right? 50% wow. in greens, yeah. So that's um, absolutely appalling. So hopefully he can get to the range and just figure out what the hell's wrong with the mm-hmm. irons in advance of the tournament this week. He isn't that long off the tee, but you know if the course is playing firm and fast, that can help him out a little bit. Um, and if that putter stays hot, that can obviously... Uh, balance the books a little bit um for the lack of distance so listen i got, I got him at 200 to one six places so that's market best for uh, places and price so that's what boil sports so i can't really complain about that um having a look at other guys across the field i, I like uh thomas detry yeah he's playing playing, well, v- playing brilliantly um whether he steps up well last week. yeah yeah like everything across the board the stats are really solid playing well the last two weeks um i think the only negative is this is his first time here yeah although as i say three three of the winners here have won on debut so i, yeah. I wouldn't get overly hung up on it i think positive course no. for him is positive no. but uh, you know 
certainly not an absolute prerequisite. Certainly not if you're looking for longer. Yeah, just shot. looking at, just looking at Fratelli and Bermester last year, both yeah. fourth, both on course mm. debut. I think if your game fits and you're in good nick, yeah, yeah, well, it fits. Based on the last two weeks, he's playing, uh, he's playing some superb golf. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll flip coins, you know, agonize over it. Probably won't back it, and then he'll go and win. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I, just, I might have to. Yeah, usually I have to put a bet on, but you know that that kind of angle didn't work for me so well last week on a couple of bets. So I think the less I say, the um, the safer my money is. <laughs> Very good. Now I can see. Uh, you know, I, I think. You know, as you say, Vera last week. He at one point I thought he was going to get right into that spot for you, and he's um, in fact both your guys when I I flip through. Um, the leaderboard early on Sunday, and they were both in that kind of uh, sixth, seventh position, weren't they? So, yeah, they were both sitting nicely, ready to pounce and just grab that place. I mean, mm. the, the the tournament win was obviously gone at that stage from them, but um, yeah, look a little bit disappointing. But um, rather than put them in the bin, I decided uh, one last roll of the dice yeah. and, see, and stick with them. Give them another chance. Why not? Yeah, for redemption. <laughs> Um, anything, Save the season. Yeah, absolutely. Anything yeah. from you, Steve? Are you going to move on to the RSM? I think we'll move on to the RSM. I do like Dittry, I must say. He's a he's a very well-regarded player, yeah, isn't he's he? Got in him. He's got a win in him. He's got a win in him. And Thomas Peter... I don't know if he wins, but he's certainly the kind of player that can... He's, he's, he's clearly not scared of mixing it with the big names, no. you know. Last two set, you know, it's, they've been reasonable, you know, reasonable to strong fields last two weeks, third and yeah, second. Yeah, his compatriot Thomas Peters is another one that, you know, I had a really good look at him, and he's mm. he's been throwing in some really silly low rounds every now and again, but then he he's mm. been throwing in some really silly big rounds in there as well, which um, I don't think you can do that here. I think you've, you've got to be consistent, and you know, I think you know, four rounds of sixty six is far more likely to get the job done than, you know, alternating seventy twos with sixty twos and trying to make it work that way. But uh I know he's done well at somewhere like Dubai in the it's Abu Dhabi. He's got a, yeah. But I always I always think to Peters he's far more comfortable on bent grass or bent poana grass than he is on Bermuda. Yeah, I know, as you say, he's got a decent record in the Middle East. There's a few of them like that, you know, he's got a decent record, Olsen's got a decent record in the Middle East. Uh, George Coates, he's got a decent record. But you know, there's, there's a few of them that you could you could look into into their form in that respect and and, and pick them out. Um, if you can trust them to get round and produce four rounds that uh, you know are, are gonna be good enough to uh, to put you in the contention for the uh, for Sunday. What, what put you off your old mate Matt Wallace? There's not enough form there in the Middle East to really to make it count in my view. I mean, I think you know these these players need to. They need to have a bit of experience, or they need to show me something that's that's triggering a few, you know, a few lights that uh, to to make it make me think they're going to go well. He's, I think he can compete anywhere, but um, I don't know. It, it just it just didn't quite fit for me. Probably go and win now. Mm. But he did. I, what was interesting I'll last tell, week? I tell you the play. I, I guarantee the player that goes well this week. Will be Danny Bloody Willett. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's given up on him, and his uh, his price has more than doubled, doesn't it? And then there, it, again, there were, it was a really lopsided event for him, wasn't it? You know, his I think it was his back nine performance was absolutely abysmal, and then his front nine performance was, you know, the, the complete polar opposite. At least for the first couple of days, um, it was 
really odd one from him, really odd. But yeah, it, it, there's been some decent underlying form of Willett, and you know, yeah, wouldn't be absolutely. surprised to see him have another decent week over, you know, at some point in the in the near future. Yeah, all that, all that um, expectation off his yeah. shoulders probably goes well. Two two tournaments to discuss, or not discuss, but just highlight to listeners before we actually uh, move on to the RSM Classic. There's two very good tournaments. Um, the Emirates Australian Open this week is absolutely loaded. They're clearly throwing some uh, appearance money at it. Keegan Bradley is the favourite. Kuchar, Cameron Smith, Branch Snedeker, Abraham Anser, uh, Benny Ann, Lahiri, uh, Davis Defends, Nicholas Colsarts is mm. playing, Brendan Steele. That's a decent field down there. I suppose all the money that they threw at Jordan Spieth over the last few years, now that he's uh, not bothering to go down there this year for his wedding, um, they've, they've spread yeah. it about a bit. But that's a decent field for the they, Australian. They can divvy that few million up between ten players and, uh, and attract, a few, <laughs> attract a few names over. Absolutely. But yeah, that's a, that, that, that one's taken the eye. And uh, there's also, of course, the Dunlop Phoenix, mm. which they play each and every year over in uh, Japan. Uh, we've got Brooks Kepka at, at uh, two to one. Uh, Hideki Matsuama, who really is seriously out of, in, out of form, isn't he? He, he played uh, that Teo Masters. That's the one that he's he played that last week. That's the tournament he's won three times in Japan. And I, I didn't even see his name on the top 25, 30 in the leaderboard. All over the place. Um, Griot's going out there if you fancy a bit of eight to one action on uh, double bogey coming down the stretch. Emiliano Griot, the name that jumps out to me, um, top five of the HSBC champions a few weeks ago, um, Andrew Putnam at twenty eight to one at that in that tournament. Yeah, I know you were keen on him for the following week, and he pulled out, didn't he? And he he withdrew, mm. didn't he? But if you're, as we said earlier, if you if you're good enough to be finishing fifth in a, in a WGC at a very tough Shazan, I'm not really seeing why you're at 28 to one in this Dunlop Phoenix when you've got the likes of Sean Norris at 12 to one, yeah. and Emiliano Grillo at eight to one. That doesn't make a lot of sense. 46th is where uh, Matsuyama finished again in that in the end of that Tao Masters. Not ideal. Yeah. There's there's talk of stress, or but there's clearly been weight loss, and if you're looking at two high class performers this year who've had a really bad season, Jordan Spieth number one and Hideki Matsuyama has to be number two, mm. doesn't it? They've really struggled. I just thought Andrew Putnam at twenty eight to one is a decent price in an event yeah. like that. He, he got married relatively recently, Hideki, didn't he? Perhaps that's the cause of his uh, weight loss and his stress. What and then you've got Jordan getting mad in the next couple of weeks as well. I'm sure there's nothing, nothing at all to do with any of that, Paul. No, these these players are they're just uh, they're just machines, aren't mm. they? Right, RSM Classic played on Sea Island, which is a golfing commune in the on the Georgia coastline. Um, played across two uh tracks just to complicate matters it always used to be played on on just uh, the one par 70 course uh the seaside course on st uh, st simon's island um but then they wanted to up the amount of players that can play in this because you know you're getting a lot of web.com graduates that are struggling to get start so it's now a 156 player field 
and they split it one uh, one round out of the first two at the the host seaside course, and then the other round is on the course next door, the plantation course. And when I say it's a seven thousand yard par seventy two, that's all you need to know mm. really. Um, it's the kind of course you can take apart. Uh, both feature tiff dwarf Bermuda grass greens, um, and as per any kind of seaside test. I mean, last week we saw at Mayakoba, um, it was pretty, it was pretty dry. It was typically warm temperatures, and there wasn't a lot of wind about. And um, Kuchar took it apart. You actually go back to Kuchar. It's, it's another one that's kind of bangs you over the back of the head, isn't it? I think he was fifty-five to one to win that. I mean, who'd have thought a fifty-five to one win from Kuchar? What price was Westwood? Oh, uh, forties. Yeah, forty-one. Decent can't, double. It was it was the can't it was the can't win, won't win, will win weekend, wasn't it? It was just completely off. But it was off with Kirchhoff, wasn't it? Because he went out there without a caddy and he was sniffing around trying to trying to find a caddy of any description, wasn't he? And then eventually got this local uh, local guy, um, David L Toucan, his name or his nickname, right? And uh, what on, he sh- he he, sh- he shook on two and a half percent, did he? Well, let's let's assume he's on at least five, but most of them are on ten, aren't they? And Kuchar's just won one point three million dollars. You'd you'd like to think he uh, gives the guy a, a decent uh, decent check at the back end of it. He's a, he's a nice bloke, Matt. You'd you'd think you'd give him the full ten, wouldn't you? Mm. Came across very well in the mm. winners' um, interview afterwards in front of the press. He's a very a very nice chap, Kuchar, and he was just saying what a terrible season he's had and it, the, you know the relief to win that. But as he said, it, it took him by surprise. He hit a ton of greens at the Shriners, and then he turns up knowing that he can hit the ball on the green, and all of a sudden the putter starts mm. working. And it, he said, normally I build up with a couple of top tens, a top five, um, and then I win. And by that time, we know that the bookmakers <laughs> have cut him down to about eight to one, haven't they? Yeah. But um, to, for Matt Kuchar to win at 55 to one with no incoming form whatsoever was a bit of a shocker. Mm. But um, you could see why he fat, fat you know, he. he he was perfect for the task, you know. Looking at it on a on a overall perspective, not on a recency bias perspective, because clearly he was second at the Open Championship the year before last, wasn't he? He he plays well by the coast. He's won at Harbour Town, blah 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 blah. But he just didn't have that incoming yeah, form that we it all wasn't look a for. typical Matt Kuchar win of any description. And you, yeah, I know, mm. you know rules can be broken, and clearly. Trends can be broken, but that was an odd one. You know, and as you say, he kind of admitted it himself. That's not the way that he tends to tends to roll. So, well done to him. This RSM Classic. Um, if I just take you through the past winners recently, um, Austin Cook last year, twenty-one under. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes at seventeen under. Both, of course, Web.com graduates. Both of whom, interestingly, hadn't had a top ten finish on the PGA Tour in the season that they actually won. Um, I was on Kevin Kisner in 2015 when he won at 22 under. Now, Kisner, believe it or not, to win that was at 22 to mm. 1. Now, I'm looking at the some of the markets so far that are up, and there aren't many, um, so this might change, but I'm seeing the likes of JJ Spawn at 22, under this, uh, 22 to 1 to win this this week. And you think, well, two years ago, Kevin Kisner, who'd just come off a second place at the HSBC Champions, won at 22 to 1. So, 
I don't know if there's a lot of value in 22 to 1 on JJ. CT Pan, you know me, I, I do like CT Pan, but I'm struggling at 25 short, to 1 on CT yeah, Pan. That is very sure. Chess and Hadley, 25 to 1. Che mm. Reevy, he's uh, just withdrawn, so um, just bear that in mind. But yes, it, it's, it's per usual, it's a, it's a link style course. If the wind um, is a factor, it's still kind of scorable. You know, that year that Hughes won 17 under, that was quite a windy year. Um, Kisner won at 22 under, it was blowing 25, 30 mile an hour a couple of, couple of rounds. But the thing that's really noticeable in the forecast this week are the conditions. The, the first two days are pretty naughty, got to be said. Um, uh, Thursday looks like it's going to be gusting up to 20 miles an hour and it's about 15 degrees Celsius. So you know, that's feeling pretty kind of Northern European, mm. isn't it? And then the wind subsides on the Friday, but up until around about late morning, it's 10 degrees Celsius. Mm. And a lot of, a lot of the uh, home contingent are not going to like that one little bit. Um, and then it's your typical grind it out uh, Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday it warms up, um, the wind disappears, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a real birdie mm. fest. But one thing I have noticed here, if you look at previous winners, Austin Cook was eighth after the first round, Mackenzie Hughes was first, Kevin Kisner was fourth, Chris Kirk was eleventh. Most of the winners here have started quickly. Uh, there was one one uh, exception. Our old friend Robert Streb, who uh, clearly played in like an absolute jerk last week, he was forty eight. I think he'd got on the sherbets after that top five finish in Las Vegas. Yeah. Maybe he didn't actually leave Las Vegas until like the Wednesday, and then he flew up on the Thursday morning down to <laughs> Marco. But uh, uh, doesn't it like his focus? He, was, uh, quite he was there, four. I don't think so. But he's the kind of sort that then all of a sudden he'll win this mm. week. Uh, 48th he was after round one and then uh, 10th after round two it would appear to me you need a fast start put it that way um, if you're looking for form in Austin Cook 50th at Mayakoba 20th at Shriners 25th at Sarnison Farms Mackenzie Hughes was way out there Miss Cut in Mayakoba 68th in uh, Las Vegas 26th at the Sanderson Farms he had a 13th at the Safeway Open which had been his first PGA Tour event um, after his promotion from the Web.com Tour. So there's something in that. But he was pretty left field. Kevin Kisner, who is um, lives in Georgia, doesn't live on Sea Island, though. Um, doesn't live on St. Simon's Island either. He travelled down and finished uh, won this after finishing second at the WGC HSBC Champions. That was also the year... If you remember when he finished second at the players, he, he finished second at a number of yeah, tournaments and plan. kept getting beaten in playoffs. Mm. Uh, Robert Streb, 10th at the Shriners, 31st at the Friars, 9th at TPC Boston. So there's a kind of mix of form in uh, and what we're looking for. Um, one thing I have noted in the preview, um, the golf course next, do, next door hosts the Jones Cup every uh, year for talented um, amateurs. So I've listed players that have done well at the Jones Cup. Um, the likes of 
uh, Luke List, Brian Harmon, who's done well at this, Bud Cawley. Um, they do appear in that list. So, you know, that they, those are players that have uh, played well on Sea Island in their amateur days. One name that does jump out there is Corey Connors. He won the Jones Cup in 2014. Mm. Um, so that might be one because we know it. And he was also 14th in that when he defended the Jones Cup in 2015. And we know that he was... Was he runner-up at the Sanderson Farms a few weeks ago? That might be one that um, to look 150 at. 150 to 1. And they also play... Sorry, what? 150 to 1 is Corey Connors. I know. Way overpriced, mm. isn't he? He doesn't get taken seriously, Connors. I know you had a run on him, didn't you, earlier in the year? Was it... Um, he had to, didn't he play well at like Colonial and he did well at that Corrales tournament? down in um, Dominican Republic and then he kept getting into really good positions and I thought that was it you tipped him up that week for that Corrales and I think he was like in the last group and he ended up finished like 20 something because he com- collapsed in the final round he looks you know looking at his results he is that kind of erratic player isn't he but as you say you know second at the Sanderson Farms and hey, his all round game was fantastic that week Really was, and if you can, you can ignore the missed cuts, and that's why you get an hundred and fifty to one on him. But if there's, if there's some other corresponding form that's been buried a bit further down, then that could be a could be a bit of a coup. That one, I like that. It was third that week for strokes going tee to green. Mm. And if you look at this test, um, if you look at the strokes gain numbers, which is a new addition to the preview. Um, these are the average over the last three winners. Strokes gained off the tee, 22nd. Strokes gained approach, 23rd. Strokes gained around the green, 18th. I do think you need a scrambling game around here. Strokes gained tee to green, 9th. And strokes gained putting, 7th. But as per always, well, not always, but this seems to be... Um, Kevin Kisner won us in 15. He was strokes gained tee to green, 2nd. And Austin Cook won it last year. Strokes gained tee to green, 1st. And of course, Mackenzie Hughes wins it in 2016. Strokes going tee to green was only 25th. He basically won it around the green. He was, I think, he scrambled at like 92 percent. Something incredible. Yes. So he was like some kind of miracle of worker around the green. Weeks, yeah. yeah, and stroke game putting third. So you can kind of win it both ways if you've got a really, really razor sharp yeah, short game. Generally, to actually be able to predict who's going to do that is uh, not easy, yeah. is it? Not easy at all. They also play the Southeastern Conference um, College or you sorry University Championships here each and every year on this particular host course, the Par Seventy um, course at the you know the actual seaside course. I've also listed the individual players that have done well in that since 2010. Uh, the likes of Russell Henley, who's won that. Uh, Bud Cawley appears in there. Hudson Swafford, Harris English. Your old friend Dominic Bazelli appears twice in those particular numbers. Um, Brian. Brian? Barry? <laughs> Who's Brian? Brian? Who the hell Brian? It's been a long year. Yeah. Uh, and also, last year... I, I, I'll just talk over it, Barry. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> last year, 2017, Cameron Champ was fifth in the individual results. And then Sam Burns was ninth. 
Right. I've gone for two so far who I've actually backed. Uh, one is Jim Furick, who I think at 50-1 to 1 is a decent kind of fit for this. Clearly played well last week. And if you want someone that's going to hit tons and tons of fairways, tons and tons of greens, and has got a record on all the kind of courses you want to see, and who we know goes well on Bermuda, I think 50 to 1 about Jim Furyk is a good price. It kind of took me by surprise, you know, with Jimbo. Uh, he was He's finished here three attempts, 11th in 2010, 3rd in 2013, 6th in 2016. And in three of his last starts, he finished sixth last week and fourth at the Wyndham Championship. That's not bad, is it? That's a nice little combination, isn't it? Clearly the bookies aren't rating him in, in that same respect, are they, for him to be out of 50s? 50 to 1, 55 to 1 if you want to take the five places with Bet365. Hopefully we might get an outlier like a Bet Fred or someone like that that goes a little bit bigger than 50s and gives you a couple of extra places. Mm. But I just think he's playing some really good... I mean, those numbers took me by surprise. It has to be said. Um, and we're seeing 55 to 1 with Bet365, and I'm seeing him as short as 30 to 1 with others. Yeah, yep. no, I like that. I'm not saying Jim wins, but I'm saying if you want to cover your ass this week and you want someone that's going to get in the mix and has got an each-way chance, I don't think 50 to 1 about Jim Fury is a bad price when I'm seeing the lights of JJ Spawn at 22 to 1. No, I can, I can see that. I can see that. All the lads um, over 40 will be well pumped as well about their chances of winning. Mm. You know, they see well, it get, they will, won't they? Well, they see it done on two tours the week before. You know, all of a sudden they go, actually, do you know what? Maybe I'm not done and dusted. Maybe I can win on the main tour. Don't forget, Barry, 2016, yeah, Jim Furyk was second at the US Open. No, he's still very competitive on the right it? kind of track. Yeah, I mean, Fury yeah. and U.S. Open are you know they're well well suited, aren't they? But um, his record here, as you just highlighted, is uh, he's particularly strong, isn't it? I think that's the bookmakers thinking he's kind of semi-retired and can't be bothered. Mm. Mm. But you look at 20, 2016 when he was. Uh, I did make a note of his age. I think he's he's. 40, wait, 46 or something like that? Yeah, he's in that bracket. 26, 2016. Uh, second at the US Open. He also finished fifth at the Travellers and uh, sixth here at the RSM Classic. So he's still very, very competitive. And I think that was the, also the year it was. He finished fifth at the Travellers when he shot that incredible 58. Mm. Uh, Putter was a lot warmer last week. Um, he said that he's got no expectations on himself whatsoever. He's just kind of finding out where he's game at, and he's really positively um, surprised by how well he's playing. Uh, he finished the Wyndham Championship with a 63 back in August. That was the week Schnedeker won for us. And he finished last week 65, 66, 67 to finish sixth. That doesn't shout 55 to 1 to me. Got to be well, said. No. First for driving accuracy, second green's regulation on the week as well. Yeah. Something, something. And as like we that. know with Jim, you know, they, you can throw a hoolie at him. He'll, he'll grind it out, mm. won't he? He'll, um, he'll hang around. So I can see him going well this week. Who are you, um, Barry, let's bring you in. Um, who, I know that you've got a couple of fancies in this. 
And then I'll mention the second guy that I've backed. Yeah, um, kind of. This I'm trying to get the sneaky one. Um, and I remember you mentioning his name a couple of weeks ago, saying you just wanted to see any sort of form from him whatsoever after uh, he had a third place. And, well, he's he's done the right thing for Steve, I think, because it's made his price much more attractive. He's gone and put in back-to-back missed cuts, so it's kind of perfect lead-in form for just the the uh, off the radar win. Uh, he's got, the thing. The thing I like is that from reading, uh, getting a little sneak look at your preview earlier was the talk about the the local form, and um, the uh, sorry the SEC and the Jones Cup results. And last year he was eighth in the Jones Cup, and as you mentioned earlier, ninth in the SEC, which is that's the one on this course, isn't it? This. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm gonna go with uh, with that and forget the form of the last two weeks because he's clearly something's right with the game when he f- you know finishing third only three weeks ago, and uh, maybe it's just a case of matching up the course and somewhere he feels comfortable. So it is Sam Burns, and uh, I didn't take the market best price, but I got, I got him at uh, eighty to one on Paddy Power eight places. So. I might ha- I might have to include him. Yeah, it just it's not. I, you know what? Like we saw last week with Kucher, you know, he wasn't supposed to go down to the tournament. He goes down there. He doesn't have his regular caddy. Um, he's there for a holiday, and all of a sudden something clicks, bang, and he wins. So you know, Sam Burns has a couple of missed cuts. Obviously, not going to be feeling great about a couple of missed cuts, but you know, maybe spent Saturday and Sunday just chilling out down there in uh, Mexico. Recharge the batteries, and um, he's gone. He's gone back to a place where he feels super comfortable, and um, hopefully finishes the season with some fireworks for us. Yeah, ninth in that SEC individual last year, and also he's finished eighth at the Jones Cup on the track next door as an amateur. So he clearly loves the area. I'll tell you one thing: I put in my preview, and this is worthy of note to punters out there. Um, other, um, if you look at uh, three winners of this Slocum, Kirk and Kisner resided in the home state of Georgia but none of them lived on Sea Island or St Simon's Island because what I read about this you know, they all go and play a bit of baseball a bit of softball don't they a lot of them all the locals and the, there's, a, there's, there's talk on a Tuesday night they all go to a local bar and have a few sherbets I'm not so sure that the actual St Simon Island or Sea Island residents take it as seriously as probably they should you know the Davis love the third crew mm. who clearly organised the tournament but so you've got three there from Georgia then you've got uh, Ben Crane from Texas uh, Tommy Two Gloves Gainey was from South Carolina uh, Mackenzie Hughes lived in North Carolina and um, Austin Cook was an Arkansas lad last year now I know for a fact that your man Sam Burns is also another Arkansas. Um, I think he's Louisiana, actually. So that he fits a treat, that southern state kind of player. Um, I think he slips between the cracks a lot because he's so inconsistent and he doesn't appear on people's stats spreadsheets. But yes, third at the Sanderson Farms. Um, he was also... Um, he won on the web.com at the Savannah at the Savannah Golf Championship. Now Savannah is just up the coast, the Georgia coast. It's just shouting back me, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely shouting yeah, the, back. The only me. thing that's putting and you also, off is the miscuts, but as you know, as Barry's saying it's pushed his price out. Players players win off miscuts, Absolutely. don't they? 
And I took I took heart from Austin Cook's um, interviews during the during the tournament. You know, going, oh yeah, he said, well, I've already had a top ten on the PGA Tour, and he did that before he actually graduated to the web.com. Um, and you know, you can see Sam Burns saying it's saying exactly the same thing. Well, I finished eighth at the Honda Classic when I actually played really well. When I used to play, I played with Tiger Woods. I then went the week after to the Valspar where I finished twelfth. You know, I can mix it at PGA Tour le- level. So third at the Sanderson, I can kind of, I can kind of see him coming into the mix. Quite possibly. Enough, enough in the price to make it fun, anyway. Um, I've nothing's really jumped off the page uh, else uh, as of right now, um, but I haven't been able to. Oh, I thought fo- I thought you'd be all over my second pick. Well, tell me, tell me, tell me who uh, my wallet's opening for then. Kramer Hickok. Oh, again. Are we? Are, I mean, I was on him a couple of weeks ago. Are we sure about this guy? Because he's gone miscut when I backed him to Sanderson. 23rd, 29th. How does he do in the cold weather? <laughs> Find He's out on Thursday. Texas, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from Texas. He'll fly in the cold weather. He's but, from... Yeah. <laughs> He'll fly in it, mate. He'll be wearing a parka and, like, an Eskimo hat and, that, and 15 degrees Celsius. If you look at him last week, because you actually messaged me and said that. Kramer Hickok, here he comes. Yeah, he finished first, didn't he, in in round one. 64, mm. seven under, tied with Dominic Bazzelli and Matt Kuchar at Mayakoba. Um, he also started at the Shriners Open in Las Vegas with a opening 66, five under, which was fifth best tied in field. There's little bits of form with him that suggest um, that he can go well. The other thing, he feels, he feels a little bit like Austin Cook to me because... Austin Cook, when I look back, he was top 20 in my role in um, statistics, both for driving accuracy and greens in regulation. Um, he also had a bit of a scrambling game. And Hickok, he, he ticks all of those boxes, can scramble well, keeps the bogeys under control, and clearly he's showing a lot in recent tournaments. I just thought 100-1. to 1, um, Texas University, uh, University of Texas grad, I just think that's potentially the kind of player if we're going along this um web.com graduate route i think him and burns stand out at those prices stand out any any from you paul are you are you going to say paddy harrington or (laughs) i'm I'm sat here staring at patrick harrington and i think i'll back harrington first round later actually um, well, the strength, the strength of what you've said in terms of it being colder, windier, northern, uh, mm-hmm. you know, northern Europe conditions on Thursday and Friday. And, yeah, good shape. And yeah. Harrington has been starting events really well. It's been when he's getting to the business end that his putt has started to really tighten up and he's missing the short putts. But the first round, he yeah. has been playing well. So he's 90 to 1 outright there and about. So I suspect we'll probably get 66, maybe a little bit of 80 um, when they all build the first round leader markets. So I'll have a look at the uh, his draw and also the price. But that may well be a pun. Uh, the one I have... Can I stop done, you? Let me just stop you here. Round four last year blew a hoolier. Mm-hmm. You listen to these names. 65s, so uh, best on the day. Brian Harmon, well, yeah, we know he's a wind yeah. expert. 66s, JJ Spawn, Ben Silverman, Bud Cawley, uh, William McGurt, Lindheim, 
Ben Martin and one Padraig Harrington. Mm. Shot a 66 in the worst of the conditions 12 months ago. Could, yeah, that first round leader punt sounds a good could one. Could be a game, couldn't it? Um, the one I've backed is Patton Kazaya, who's another one of the local lads. Um, now, his actual course form doesn't look that great, but then if you dig into it, he was 12th going into the weekend last year. Um, he missed the cut in 2016, but he shot 73 and 65 in the second round. Still missed the cut, but clearly showed a bit of form. Um, he was defending last week, but shot 65-66, so he was sitting third going into the weekend, so he was right in position at that point. And I had a flick through his um, history, and this time of year, this kind of October-November time, seems to be year after year when he comes alive and produces some decent finishes, you know, at least one uh, top 10, um, potentially the win as he did last year. Um, he's putting well. Um, I thought for hundreds of one, for someone who's shown a bit of form, recently um, and uh, likes the time of year and yeah, clearly knows the course very very well could be a uh, could be one worth taking on so yeah 100 to 1 is, that's the one bet I've had on the RSM today I'm toying with a couple the one I do really like the look of is um, Ryan Armour mm. T to green guy isn't yep. he and he keeps he keeps showing recently, just you know, decent. Did well at the CJ Cup down in Korea, which was a golf course that was like seven thousand six hundred yards, something silly. Not his bag at all. Um, he's very neat and tidy, Ryan Armour. Um, Eighty to one. It's not the biggest of prices that you'd like, but I think that's a fair price. Any any liking for Bill Hass? <laughs> Sixty six to one. I'm seeing him at. I wouldn't back him with your money, Steve. You don't, you don't like Bill? I love Bill, but I just don't love having bets on Bill. Mm. It, it just too many times over the years you think, this is the week, here we go, and you lump on, and he goes and flounders around like a fish out of water. And it's just, it's so frustrating because he's so goddamn talented, like, mm. and, he, and a genuine, he seems like a lovely chap as well, so... It's like winning all round, except on the place where you really want him to do it, which is the golf course, when your money's on him. So, <laughs> mm. What about our friend Stefan Jaeger? Yeah, top 20 last week, didn't he, in the end? He's playing. Paul and I keep discussing him. He's, he's playing. He is becoming a lot more accustomed to the PGA Tour. And that's two top 20s in the last uh, three events. Yep. Just you know, but when you're when we're talking like quite high winds, cold conditions, that doesn't feel Stephen Stefan Jaeger like to me. If, I expect he goes well on the weekend, but you know, if you're starting the weekend in 60th place, you've scraped through the cut. That's you're not going to help. Not win it, are you? No, it's going to be tough to win that's from my, there. That's my that's my downs. The one, the other one that's I shouldn't go anywhere near because you know the trends and whatever suggest he won't go very well. But his price is too big for the kind of player we're talking about. Is Kevin Kisner? Now he's thirty-three to one in this field. He was second at the British. He was second at the Open Championship. For now, I see he's been backed in a bit. You know, since the markets have come up and they're not been up for long, have they? So, there's a few shrewdies sitting there waiting for his price. I think he's won. He's done absolutely nothing recently. I mean, he played at the Mayakoba, seventy-one seventy, missed the cut. BMW Championship in the playoffs, 58th. Uh, Boston, 24th. Not a lot there. But, you know, this is his home course. Um, he's won here and he was in the top... Where was he last year? I'm just, He was fourth here last year. 
Um, now, bearing in mind, before we finished fourth here last year, he'd actually finished third at the Tour Championship on his previous outing. So I know that's like a six-week gap, but he had played well at the Tour Championship. But it just seems a big price, doesn't it, on someone that clearly loves the format, the course, and the tournament? Thirty-three to yep. one. Yeah. Do you know what would be a nice win to see? I don't. I I probably won't back it because of what actually happened him a couple of weeks ago. Um, but right. Lu- Lucas Glover. You know, it's just mm. it's awful that his price is only thirty-three to one. You know, but he did. He had that kind of, but uh, yeah, let's call it a, a meltdown. Um, on Sunday, and that when that put, the putter seemed to turn into a jelly snake in his hands. Um, Not the first. He went into kind of Luke. He went into Lucas Glover mode, mm. didn't he? Yeah, it's, it was. I mean, it just yeah, <laughs> it was brutal to see. But it's just the kind of bounce back thing that could happen, and it would just be it would be good to see it happen as well because uh, that would kind of get rid of a lot of the demons that are probably keeping him awake at night at the moment. Mm. Yeah, not for me, I'm afraid. No, me neither. But um, you know, if, if I'm not going to win with any of my bets, then that'll be my feel-good story <laughs> of the week. I struggle with a lot of these players because it isn't the best field. I just struggle with players that can they really go back to back top fives, top seven each way places. Yeah. I tell you one player that also snuck out last week, and this could be interesting. Um, been very, very quiet. Very, very quiet. Not. You know, and this kind of goes with him. But all of a sudden, last round, yet last night, Scott Piercy shot a 62, and this chap shot a 64. Second best in the field. And we know that he's a fantastic win player. Um, and when he actually finds the putter, he, 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 he really does fit the bill. Jason Duffner? Yeah. Hundred to one, I'm seeing about Duff Bag. He was. Uh, where did he finish last week? Twenty first in the end, he finished back foot. Yeah, back door twenty first. But does that matter? But yeah, hundred to one. Yeah, second round wasn't too shabby. And we know that he's a fantastic win player, isn't he, Duff Sixty six in round two as well. So there's something. It's not too bad, is it? He's only played this tournament once. Yeah. Finished ninth. Hmm. He's well capable. We know, we know how capable he is. You know, major champion. As per usual with Duff Bag, he's been hitting tons and tons of greens as has been putting like Ray Charles. Uh, and there, I mean, just listen to this. 11th for greens in regulation in, in Malaysia. 2nd for greens in regulation at the CJ Cup. And then 17th last week for greens in regulation. I won't read you out the putting numbers because you just know they're going to be mm. shocking. But all of a sudden, the last two rounds of uh, down in um, Mexico, he's making yeah. putts. There may have been some minor tweak then with his setup or something that's uh, suddenly, suddenly. Uh... <laughs> Maybe someone walked up to him and said, "Do you think, Jason, you might spend more than ten minutes on the old uh, putting green? <laughs> <laughs> try it, try hitting yeah. it out of the middle of the club, Jason." But don't you think that's a big price, a hundred to one? Mm. Yeah, it is big. It's pretty juicy. I would feel so wobbly with my money on him, though. <laughs> you know, unless he's got a sixteen-shot lead going into Sunday. 
Yeah, just the thing is though, he's 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 he he won the uh, memorial last year, and this this guy can win golf tournaments, can't Man, he? Yeah. What, what, oh yeah, I know. Like? I mean, you you wouldn't no. be sitting there on the sofa comfortable, would you? That he was going to win. You wouldn't at all. But when but, when he's locked in with the but putter, hundred to one. Yeah. If he can get that putter feel going for the week, um, he'll just yeah be very hard be very hard to beat because you know he's going to hit a whole bunch of greens. So hundred to ones as fun a hundred to one as you're going to find really. An Alabama lad lives in Alabama. Went to Alabama University, so he's got experience of this area. He fits the bill geographically. Um, I just thought that was a decent price. I'm just quickly before I know we've got to get on with this, but. I'm just bringing up what he did with the putter last week. Yeah, here you go. Typical. Round one, 1. 1.8 putts per GIR. Then he went 1.6 in round two, 1.75 in round three, and then Sunday, 1. 1.46 putts per GIR on that Sunday. He made 10 birdies and three bogeys. Jump on him, Steve. 100-1. He shouldn't have left Mexico by the sounds of it. Mm. I think I might have to have a bit of Jason Duffer. Mm. He's the kind of... Maybe I'm overreacting to Matt Cooch on Lee Westwood, but he's the kind of guy that's won... For, you know, for, Was it four or five PGA Tour titles? And he's it, this is a weak field this week, and he's clearly found something. Yeah. Mm. I like that. I like a few of those, Steve. Which is, it's pretty bad news, really. I know. I know. A bit like Sung Jae Im, yeah? <laughs> yeah, something like that. He was going all right until he shot two over when everyone else was shooting sixty-two yeah. on uh, on the Friday. Oh, I don't You're know not what exactly happened, climbing the leaderboard like that. Mate. I think that's us mm. then. I think that's us. Um, can I just thank you two for your input this uh, this year on the podcast? And yourself, it's, it's been a pleasure. Yourself. Been a pleasure. Uh, Lots of fun. I, one thing I should have mentioned at the top, but I'm going to have to mention it just before we um, we actually, you know, Mike Miller on Twitter. Um, very well, very well respected uh, commentator and stat- statistical provider on Twitter. We actually won the Mike Award for 2018 for best golf betting podcast, and we shared that with t- uh, tour junkies over in the US who have been doing it for a long, long time. So I think that's um, that's something that um, well, thanks to yeah, Mike cheers, for that Mike. clearly, but. Um, you know, clearly some people listen to this and take heed. I know it sounds crazy. It's the best bribing of a jury we've ever done, lads. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll have to think about how we make it better in 2018. Maybe pick some winners. Oh, sorry, 2019. <laughs> 2019. That'd make a change. Yeah, we've got a few weeks to uh, contemplate how we attack it for next year, but uh, it's nice to get some positive feedback. So thanks to Mike and. Uh, Nice to get that uh, feedback. Definitely. Have a um, have a wonderful festive period, chaps. Yeah, you too. And um, and to all of our listeners, uh, thanks uh, for your support this year. We will be back for the Century Tournament of Champions uh, in the first week of January. Until then, enjoy your uh, golf betting. We'll see you again very very soon. Good night.